0: Welcome back to Let's Talk Employment Law, uh, a video podcast brought to you by the by the lane Eve Employment Law team. In this podcast, we will be discussing uh, the latest in New Zealand employment law and what you need to know to manage the greatest resource in your business, which is of course your your people. Um, Look, just as a general heads up, and of course um, a lawyer starts a podcast with a disclaimer, uh, but this is uh, purely meant to be general advice. And the thing about employment law is is, is it can be quite fact specific. Uh, So if you do have a particular issue that you want to work through, please do not hesitate to to contact uh, myself uh, or Elise Wilson who is also joining me in today's podcast from Christchurch. The purpose of today's chat is to talk about employment agreements, so a little bit of an Employment Law 101, and look, um, Elise and I will be honest from the outset, um, employment agreements are perhaps not the most sexiest topic in the world, uh, but it is something that you do need to, to get right. Um, it is your bread and butter, uh, and often it is um, the perfect start to the employment relationship if, if the agreement read, reads right and is compliant. Um, so on that note, I will hand you over to Elise who's going to, to talk you through some of the basics.
1: Thanks for that Fiona and I definitely agree it's the type of thing that once you have got a great employment agreement in place, uh, it'll save you a a lot of trouble down the track, which unfortunately sometimes we we then have to get involved with. So we think it's really useful to set out for everyone the basics of the employment agreement. So at its most basic level, an employment agreement is a contract between the employer and the employee. And it sets out your rights and obligations and sometimes your expectations as well uh, from both parties of what's what's going to happen um, in the employment relationship. So the starting point is that every employee must have a written employment agreement. And this must be signed by both the employer and the employee. And we also recommend that you keep a copy of this signed uh, at your premises and also make sure that your employee has got a copy of this as well. Now in the employment agreements, legally there are some mandatory clauses that they must include. So I'm going to run through what these are and then we also are gonna have a discussion around some extra clauses that although aren't mandatory in terms of your minimum clauses that must be included in an employment agreement, they also are really helpful to have um, should they be needed and from our experience we would highly recommend that they are included in there. So, looking at what, at a minimum, the agreement needs to have, it needs to have the names of both the employer and the employee, which can sound straightforward, but it's worth checking that it's in there. It also needs to have a description of the work that will be performed, an indication of the place of work, the agreed hours of work that the employee will have, and the wage rate or salary payable, And it is also worth note that this needs to be greater or equal to the current minimum wage. And currently this is sitting at $18.90, but we recommend always checking this as it is looking like it's going to rise uh, in subsequent years or months to come. The employment agreement also needs to contain a plain language explanation of how an employment relationship problem will be resolved. So this includes putting details about how to raise a personal grievance and also that it must be raised within 90 days. So it's important that this is clearly stated for the employee should they wish to ever raise any issues. And the employment agreement also, at a minimum, needs to make a statement that the employee will get at least time and a half for working public holidays. There are other minimum entitlements uh, to be aware of, such as employees getting four weeks of annual holidays and uh, entitlements such as this, which we probably will have a podcast down the track looking at employment minimum entitlements as a refresher for everyone. Um, But these clauses do not necessarily need to be included in the employment agreement as they are provided for by law. So they are applicable to your employment relationship whether you have included them in your agreement or not. However, we do strongly recommend that you also put them in your employment agreement to make it really clear for your employees what they are entitled to. So, as said, on top of these clauses, we also recommend some really useful clauses to include that can help give you some further protection. So, Fiona, from your experience, what do you think some clauses that you would also recommend making sure are in an employment agreement?
0: Thanks, Elise. And I think if I could just um, expand a little bit on, on what you've what you've spoken about, I think employers are often quite surprised at there's actually not many things you need in an employment agreement uh, to to make it legally compliant. Um, But I guess some of the clauses that I'm about to to, um, speak about that that are perhaps going to be of the, the most use to you. Um, So the first clause is, um, you may consider having a a trial period or probationary period clause in your employment agreement. As we talk right now, you can only have a trial period clause if you have less than 20 employees. Um, And I guess the benefit of a trial period um, is at a high level you can terminate someone's employment within the first 90 days and, and they cannot raise a personal grievance. A probationary period clause also allows you to to terminate someone's employment uh, within the first 90 days uh, but they can still still raise a personal grievance. So so those are a couple of options for you. Um, The next clause that isn't compulsory but I highly recommend is a suspension clause. Now the reason I say that is if you don't have the ability to suspend in your employment agreements, you cannot actually suspend an employee unless it is for health and safety grounds. Um, So if you're going to do any bit of homework after this podcast, I highly recommend just double checking that you do have a suspension clause in your employment agreements. the other type of clause that we see quite a bit are restraints of trade and there are essentially two types of restraints of trade. So the first is a non-solicitation provision and what that means is uh, as an employee, they if they leave your employment they can't try and poach uh, any of your employees or, or any of your clients or customers. The other type of restraint of trade is a, is a non-compete. So if we had a non-compete clause in Elise's employment agreement, what it would say is that uh, she wouldn't be allowed to practice as a lawyer uh, at another law firm in Christchurch for, for a period of time. Now, I shouldn't be bringing this to Elise's attention, but those are fundamentally not enforceable clauses. Okay, And the, the main reason for that is you're actually stopping someone from, from earning a living. Uh, But there are situations where those clauses are enforceable Um, So I would would suggest getting some advice uh, before you look at plonking uh, one or both of those clauses in your employment agreements. Another clause that's quite helpful is just letting employees know when their performance reviews are going to be and and how their salary um, is going to be reviewed as well Another one we see quite a bit is um, an, a clause that expects an employee to update an employer if they are uh, charged with anything from a from a criminal perspective. This is often quite important, for example, if someone has to, to drive as, as a part of their role. Um, if they are charged with something that means they, they may no longer be able to, to drive a vehicle, that may be an issue for, for the employer. And the last type of clause that I want to, to talk about in an employment agreement is often we see something along the lines of um, an employee must be able to legally work in New Zealand. And that's a really good mechanism to remind employees that they they have to keep their, their visa valid and they also have to communicate with their employer about their immigration status. But what I will add in relation to that is that is still fundamentally the, the employer's responsibility It's their job to keep on top of whether or not someone who they have employed can can legally work in New Zealand So look, I could probably talk for hours about the the different types of clauses and employment agreements and, and then you'd definitely be asleep at that point But look, that those are just a, a few that I wanted to bring to your attention um, the last thing I really want to touch on is is policies and, and where do policies fit in with, with employment agreements. Um, they are to be read with an employment agreement and they, and they carry the, the same weight uh, as employment agreements and, and are just as, as enforceable if an employee is inducted in relation to those policies. What I would want to say though in relation to policies is I think it's quite easy to end up with ring binders of, of policies Which are actually fairly difficult for the employer and the employee to keep on top of But if you're going to have four uh, policies that are to be read with your employment agreement I suggest you have a health and safety policy I suggest you have a uh, drug and alcohol policy uh, I suggest you have a termination or a, a misconduct performance policy, and the last one is a is a bullying and harassment policy. If you're going to have four, uh, those are the four that I that I definitely suggest you have.
1: Thanks for that, Fiona. And I I agree. Um, yeah, with with those clauses that you've you've mentioned and also the policies I think it's really important um, and I think like you said you don't want to overdo it with the policies but having them there does mean that it's really clear what's expected um, of your employees and also what's expected of you as their employer as well isn't it
0: Absolutely, makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, exactly, and for anyone listening who um, is thinking it might be time to have their employment agreements reviewed or might not actually have employment agreements which they think are compliant, for the reasons we've discussed today, it, it's really important, not only as for legal compliance, but also for the successful running of your your business to have these employment agreements up to scratch. And so you can contact us uh, in the Le employment team for either a review of your agreements or for us to provide you with completely new agreements, which we believe have got all of these clauses, plus some to make sure that you're extremely protected from anything that arises.
0: Thank you for that, Elise. And look, thank you to, to everyone to today who, who has joined us. Um, we are hoping that we haven't bored you silly and you do take the opportunity to join us for our next podcast. Um, in that podcast, we will be looking at uh, the Parental Leave Act and, and Maternity Leave Entitlements. Uh, and I can assure you I will be out of it at that point and it will be Elise and one of our senior associates, Hannah Martin, who will be running the show. Thank you.